Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Fix Your Sciatica podcast, where we meet with experts and clients and discuss how to manage your sciatica and low back pain without the use of medications or surgery. I'm your host, Dr. Ashley Mack, and I'm a physical therapist as well as the founder of iFixYourSciatica.com, a go-to resource for pain management. Breathing is one of the most important daily functional things that we do, but it doesn't get the credit that it deserves. And it has a huge role in regards to how our body functions, not just keeping us alive. And so today I have an expert. We're going to talk a little bit more about breath work and how that can be implemented into a daily practice and also its role in pain. And this guest is going to be my future brother-in-law. So I'm really excited about that. So we have Brian Smith. Brian, how are you doing today? Good. I'm doing well, Ashley. How are you? I'm great. I'm so pumped. Uh, we've been meaning to get this episode recorded for, I don't know, for a couple of weeks now. So I'm really looking forward to being able to take a deep dive into breath work. I read a whole bunch of books about it and I myself can nerd out, but I think there's a lot of information that is out there that is confusing, but also in some cases, breath work can be a little intimidating. And some people think like, well, how is this going to help me? uh deal with what whatever i need to deal with so before we take a deep dive into that let's talk a little bit more about you how you got into this breath work and where you're at today yeah so so i'd say uh that's a that's such a loaded question right but um essentially i got into into breath work through holistic modalities and and i know that's also like an umbrella term right like there's so many holistic modalities but long story short i was looking for purpose right i was looking for a purpose to my life i was a uh, bartender throughout my 20s and sort of aimlessly drifting along and then just one day i'm like okay i have to figure this out and i got um i did a lot of traveling and um, spent a lot of time in south america with you know native modalities and really dove into that and I started to see that each of these modalities on their own are very, very powerful, but again, on their own aren't fixes in themselves as far as something like finding purpose or anxiety and depression, which is really the, the very thing that one I work with, but, but also what I was trying to remedy in myself, which I didn't know at the time, I figured that out later. Um, so I really dove into self-awareness and everything. And, and the more I was meditating, the more I was practicing all these different modalities, I just saw this underlying factor from everyone I was learning from was breathing all the time. Just breathe through it. Just breathe through it. I heard that just everything I was doing, breathe, breathe, breathe. And eventually I just dove into the actual practice of breath work. I, I traveled out to India and, and studied yoga out there. And that's when I really fell in love with pranayama, which is their breathing modality and practice. And when you dive into that is really when the intimidation hits you full force because yoga as a, as a modality is, 
for a discipline of practice is very, very intimidating because it's just so extensive. But you can make it very, very, you can make it very simple. And that's where I'm at now. I, I've, I've practiced breathing and stuff like that for so long and really dove into the awareness of it and how it works in the body, even the scientific part of it, the background, and really condensing it down to being practical and effective in daily life instead of it being this really, I mean, it's, it can be very spiritual as well, but it, it, we really, we want it to be practical for daily use. And that's, that's where I'm at now. I've taken it down into four or five big aspects. That's, that's how I really teach it. Awesome. Yeah, man. I, I think one of the really interesting things, and you've gone through it, I've gone through it, every professional has gone through it, where early on in your career, as you pursue whatever study or profession, there, there's so much information and it can be kind of overwhelming, as you said. And as you become more seasoned, you can actually start seeing either similarities or differences, which allows you to merge principles together and activities. So mm -hmm. instead of something that is extremely complex, where you're trying to put together all this information to create one or a few specific points, with your experience over time, you can take these principles and say, how can I apply it, as you said, in a very practical sense? I think yeah. what a lot of people think about when, they, when they're trying to say, okay, well, if I'm experiencing pain or I'm trying to get healthier, try to get out of uh, any sort of issue that I'm, I'm dealing with, they, they, they look at, oh my gosh, look at this grocery list of things that I need to do. I need to exercise. I need to breathe well. I need to eat right. I need to stress management. And it becomes very, very complicated. So the set the, so for the fact of simplification, it actually allows us to be able to take action and follow it through on a, a regular basis, as you said, a daily aspect. So yeah. let's, let's talk about like the definition of breath work. I, I know that people say breath work is important that you have to breathe, you have to breathe through it. What is your definition of breath work? So my definition of it it's hard to say like to, to divine it into like one particular thing because it is an umbrella term right so there's a billion different modalities um but my if definition or my outlook on on breath work is simplicity making it very very simple breathing properly accessing the right breathing muscles and not make and again not making it too complicated that's really the the underlying factor of everything that I do. It's like, let's simplify it. Let's make it very um, basic, right? Like I, I, I read a ton, right? And, and follow some uh, really intelligent people. And whenever they make things very general and very simple, they, they apologize for it. Like, like they, I'm sorry that it's, I'm making it so simple. It's like, no, like simplicity is, makes it practical and makes it useful. So that's really, that's my definition or approach, I would rather say approach, I guess, to breath work is make it simple, make it practical and effective for everyone to use every single day. And that's the other thing too, with a lot of the main big breathing practices out there today, like Wim Hof breathing, he's like, because he's been pretty popular for a while. Um, but I think his method is becoming more and more popular as far as his breathing, his really strong breathing technique. And something like that is not sustainable to do every day, even though it is a powerful practice, it's, it's not sustainable for the long run. So um, you have to have a combination of strong plus um, slow breathing practice for it to be totally effective and, and practical for daily use.
Yeah, that makes total sense. I think that if you're trying to step on the gas um, and go pedal the metal all the time, you you are going to in fact burn out. So uh, for for the lay person who's listening to this right now, is like, what would something as simple as taking five minutes a day, just listening to your breath, focusing on oxygen in your body, dedicating five minutes a day just on breathing, would that be considered something like breath work? For sure. Yeah. So breath work. Breath work is, is a breathing practice. That's it, right? Like we don't have, yeah, exactly. So we don't have to take it into Wim Hof method, this method, that method, this technique. It's, you know, learn some, a few different techniques, which is going to really help you along, but just, just sit down, like you said, for five minutes, 10 minutes and breathe, right? That's breath work. It doesn't have to be called breath work or pranayama or anything else. Like I really don't even call myself a breath work teacher. I just, I call myself a breathing the breathing teacher. Um, when I do teach breathing, my, my program is more extensive than just breathing, but that's a big underlying factor of it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't call myself a breath work, anything. It's really, I just, I teach you how to breathe properly. That's the most important thing. And, and then we go from there, but yeah, you don't have to call it anything in particular, you know, just, and that's the other thing too. You can combine breathing with meditation with which uh, makes it again more effective more practical because so i've been in the situation where i'm learning all these things and i'm like okay i have to breathe for 15 minutes i meditate for 20 minutes i have to exercise like you were saying one thing after the other and you could really combine a lot of these things breath work and meditation especially we are going to take a quick break to tell you about our awesome new program called the sciatica protocol if you don't have the time to see a professional, but are tired of trying to figure out this recovery on your own, then the sciatica protocol is for you. Harness the power of a knowledgeable physical therapist through your phone. It takes no more than seven minutes per day, and it is designed to help you recover as quickly as possible. It is simple to start, and all you need to do is log into ifixyoursciatica.com forward slash the dash sciatica dash protocol and fill out the nine question quiz to begin. The link for the program is in today's show notes. For sure. And so we have this episode and we're talking about breathing and its importance. So um, let's talk about why it's so important to to be able to breathe, aside from the fact that it keeps us alive, right? If we we don't breathe, we die. But tell us a little bit more about what what's so important about breathing in particular okay yeah so that perfect uh that's really the biggest one right but um also our breathing so there's the this is the coolest thing about breathing that really like blows my mind every time is that it's something the only thing that we can unconsciously do and consciously do all the time so you can be aware of your breath or not aware of it and it doesn't matter right it's always it's a happening and it's something that happens to us and it's it's just really really incredible so um as far as like the importance of it it's a direct access one to the present moment so if you're super anxious, super stressed out, you know, and you're going into the future in this uncontrolled way, which really is anxiety. When you can bring yourself back to your breathing, you come back into the moment, you can realize that you're safe in your body and all these different things as far as anxiety is concerned. But then you can get control over your nervous system, which is, this is all like scientifically proven to be true now. And um, so there's two parts of your nervous system there's a sympathetic and the parasympathetic 
And the sympathetic is your fight or flight, your stress response, which gets activated in moments of high stress, anxiety, worry, fear, all these negative emotions. And our parasympathetic state is a rest or digest. I like to call it the chill pill with um, as far as breathing is concerned, because when you do access that state, it, it's a chill pill. It calms you down. You get back into the moment. You understand that there's nothing, no, there's nothing to fear, nothing to worry. And you can take your next steps as far as what your day is, is concerned. Like, um, so that is really the, the biggest, you can actually get control over your nervous system, which is the exactly why we like so many people are so anxious, so depressed and, you know, having no control over it because they're breathing. We don't have control over our breathing pattern anymore. I love it. Yeah. So you are able to truly not only just affect your physiological functions in regards to your body and your muscles and the oxygen, also your brain, but also how your brain and your body functions, the nervous system. So as Brian said, the, the sympathetic nervous system, the fight or flight, when that happens, what your body does, it actually secretes a couple of different hormones. The first one is going to be cortisol. And you probably hear that a lot. Um, it's cortisol and, and adrenaline pretty much. It is used to make it so that your body is ready to fight or run away. So that means that the blood gets rushed to your muscles. You are ready to fight and take ready for action. And this system is actually quite important because we need to be able to be stimulated to protect ourselves. Mm -hmm. However, we live in a day and age where we're no longer getting attacked by a saber-toothed tiger. And so what's interesting is the fact that we can live in this sympathetic state. We're just having elevate, chronic levels of elevated cortisol, chronic levels of elevated adrenaline. We're constantly on. And the reality is the fact that we need an opportunity to relax and when we take a nice big breath and we focus on our breathing, we can actually choose to transition into that parasympathetic state, the PNS, and transition into the rest digest system, aka take that chill pill. And when mm -hmm. we take that chill pill, it allows us to rest and recover. Um, I love that that what you said about being able to tap into the nervous system. I think it's so easy for us as humans to be able to really bypass all of those cues that our bodies are telling us saying that we need to chill out. And so, um, Brian, tell me a little bit more or tell the audience a little bit more about how this can kind of affect the ability to tap into the nervous system, the ability to be able to be in the present and breathe and oxygenate your body. What is that? How can that be involved when it comes to experiencing, say, like true physical pain, emotional pain, or even some sort of trauma that people are dealing with? Yeah, uh, this is an amazing question. And, uh, you know, one I think about often, and especially in the space that I'm in, is mental pain, right? Mental and emotional. And, you know, being able to tap into, you know, your breath allows you on, it's on so many different levels. One, it allows you to take a step back from that moment and then observe it. And that statement alone can sound so in, insignificant, right? But when you really have that ability to be in a moment of, of high of a trigger, right? You're being triggered in some emotional way where you're going to react and um, whatever that reaction is going to be, whether it's anger or worry or fear or you know, debilitating anxiety, all these different things, when you can take a step back from that moment and really observe it, then you can understand what's happening, why, why, 
what is creating that trigger and, and all these different things. So then you can respond differently. So it's about responding and not reacting. And that breathing is the simplest, most effective way to do that. And it, it's very, it, all it takes, like you said before, a few minutes a day of conscious breathing and you can do this. Um, as far as physical pain is concerned, um, you know, our minds are so powerful, right? And, you know, I, I, as far as like just breathing practice, I don't know if that will actually take away physical pain, but being able to practice breathing with meditation and tapping into that part of your mind. And I don't know if you've ever heard of Dr. Joe Dispenza, but he's like one of my favorite people. And he talks a lot about this specifically and using the power of your mind to, you know, heal yourself from physical pain. So like from that aspect, breathing can take you there to be able to tap into that part of your, your uh, subconscious and, and quantum, you know, field that Dispenza talks about to be able to heal yourself from, from physical pain, along with everything that you do, obviously with exercise and movement and nutrition and all that other stuff. Like there's no substitute for that, but you can move the process along quicker with things like breathing, tapping into this deeper part of yourself um, and having, and then, you know, the awareness of visualization of, I will not have this pain anymore and whatever that looks like in your life. So it, it gets into more of a theoretical conversation but it's you know there's more than enough evidence out there that this stuff works <laughs> so to be and i know meditation is very difficult for people and breathing takes you into a very meditative state very very quickly and so if you're somebody that struggles with meditation you've tried it doesn't i hear it all the time meditation's not for me i can't do it all the excuses but if you learn how to breathe in a couple different patterns it could actually clear out your mind for you to sit in meditation receive um, any information that you need or have that visualization of that life that you want to live without that back pain or without that you know shoulder pain or ankle pain whatever it is right on yeah i think one of the aspects um, I love that you you talk about the theory of, of all this. And so um, theory is kind of really more so a, a description of like, this is what the data shows. This is what we see. This is what we suspect. And I, I find that in the real world application, I think that the theory and real world application are very, very similar. And uh, if we go back on the concept of the two different types of uh, ner the, the nerve, the nervous activity. So we have the parasympathetic and then the sympathetic as well we only have a finite amount of blood in our body. And when we tap into the sympathetic nervous system, what ends up happening is that a majority of our blood actually gets transitioned to our muscles so we can fight. And also our vision kind of gets a little bit more vivid. Mm -hmm. That's also during the time where it's a little bit harder for us to make decisions because all we're trying to do is just survive. But then if we take a big breath in and we tap into our parasympathetic nervous system, that blood kind of gets a little bit more distributed throughout the rest of the body. Our brain gets a little bit more blood and oxygen. We can truly tap into that flow state and give us an opportunity to reevaluate and assess the situation and also process the information that we're getting from our bodies. And I love the fact that you brought up the concept of, well, not, not the concept, but how you deal with or help people experiencing both mental and emotional pain. And for the majority of the listeners out here, they're experiencing pain for a long period of time. And I wouldn't be surprised 
that the pain that you experience also has, uh, can also take a mental and emotional toll because it prevents you from doing the things that you love. It prevents you from having really good, solid relationships because all you're trying to do is relieve your pain. And so being able to address not just the physical, but also the mental and emotional through breathing can be really helpful in regards to breaking down those barriers and helping you uh, not a not 100% relieve, but take the edge off of that. And then uh, the last piece, and what I thought Brian did a really great job was putting and, and so we have we have the psychological, we have the emotional aspect, we also have the physical, but Brian also brought up something really great, which was the mind itself. And the mind is such a powerful tool. And listeners, I want to remind you that yes, if you are experiencing sciatica pain and your initial injury, there could be something physically that occurred to your body. But it's just an electric signal, an electrical signal that gets passed from that specific body part to your brain. And it's your brain that actually makes the determination on whether or not that pain is that that is actually going to be presenting itself as pain or not. And being able to have this communication with yourself, being able to say, I'm not going to be in pain and being able to breathe can, in fact, take the edge off. And it's not going to cure your pain immediately, but it's going to make it so that you can perceive this pain in a less threatening way. And when we're looking at things in a less threatening way, things are a lot less scary and things are a lot less painful. So, um, Brian, let's talk a little bit more about, uh, so like when it comes to breath work, we kind of briefly talked about like the different kinds. We talked about Wim Hof, uh, even just spending five minutes of breathing, Let's talk about the different types of breath work. We'll we'll limit it to three because I know that we can talk all day about all the different ones. We can really nerd out, but I um you know we'll probably address other types of breathing in a different episode. But what are the three most common types of breath work that you see? And uh, we'll talk about the pros and cons of each one. Yeah, yeah. There's I I love this question because one I teach. I personally teach breathing in a, in a very simple way where I only teach a, few, a handful of techniques um, for very specific reasons. But um, as far as the most popular that I see out there today is strong, like Wim Hof type breathing, but it, it gets marketed as many, many different things. So it's uh, holotropic breathing, somatic release breathing, um, transformational breath work, transformational breath work journey. There's just so many things, but it's the same breath. It's all the same thing. It's just, uh, it's a very strong breathing pattern where you breathe for an extended period of time. When I say extended, I mean like 30 minutes to an hour or more. And, you know, it's an incredible experience. And, you know, you access that sympathetic state to bring up. So the, the idea is to bring up all these latent emotions and all the stuff that we literally push down, push down, push down, push down into our you know, gut pretty much. And, and just really quick, what this does, this pushing down of our emotions and our, our anger and all these different things and not processing this stuff actually tenses up our diaphragm. And our diaphragm is like the muscle that we need to be using to breathe properly. And from pushing down all of this emotion actually gives us less function in our diaphragm. And, and our diaphragm is a muscle, so we can actually work this out. And that's a big thing that I teach in, in, in my breathing practice is how to work out your diaphragm. And it's very, very simple, very straightforward. Anyone could do this. You can't really do it wrong. You just have to be very mindful of what you're doing because once you start to experience some discomfort, 
like any muscle, right? You do too many curls and you know, your, your muscles are going to be very uh, sore, very tight. You got to take a couple of days off. It's the same thing with the diaphragm. So um, I teach five different types. There's activating breath work, there's cleansing, there's meditation, and there's sleep. So there's the, really the four types that I teach. And then throughout the day, you know, you could add in those types of breathing. I call it emergency breath work when we're like, you know, we have a stressful moment throughout the day or somebody pisses us off. We want to kick our boss in the nuts or something like that. And uh, we need to do something to release this instead of push it down and create more trouble in our lives. So, you know, these these types of breathing. So, for example, one box breathing. I don't know if anyone's heard of box breathing before, but this is like an emergency breath work. You could take 15 seconds, literally 15 seconds to breathe in for four hold for four and breathe out for four and and then you could hold for four or you could do triangular breathing which doesn't have a hold on the out breath uh, something very simple or this is one that i do very very often it's called it's simply a double inhale and then a long push on the exhale so it's it, it's just and making that sound as well is very soothing. So these very small intricacies in the breathing practice are like the most important. So something like making a sound on the exhale or a sigh is actually creating a vibration that's stimulating our vagus nerve, which is um, responsible for putting us in a parasympathetic state. So that's um, really <laughs> the most important part of, of the breathing practice, the way I teach it and the way I look at it and really how um, the most effective way to really use it instead of just going for like the strong breathing and the big experience, which at the end of the day is just another immediate gratification and doesn't have long-term sustainable benefit. Yeah, this um, very cool. I, I love the fact that you shared like all these different aspects or different pieces of, of breathing techniques. Um, I also really, I a hundred percent agree with you. Like there's multiple phases of the breath. I mean, it's not only just the inhale and exhale, but the transition times between each phase. And so this is what I often see when I'm working with people from a breathing perspective. Um, people are either having people, the most majority of the people I see are doing very, very short, shallow breaths, and they are kind of locked into what I call locked into inhalation, which they're not getting all that air out. So it results in a couple of different things. But one, they're not oxygenating their body very well because there's just this constant flow of air and there's no, there's very limited opportunity for that oxygen and air to be exchanged. But also, too, just holding something in actually allows us, just like you said, it builds things up. It prevents our diaphragm from getting from from moving and doing what its job is, which is to pull air into our lungs. And okay. so I notice a lot of people I work with are stuck in inhalation. Is that something that you see when you're working with your clients that they're having trouble releasing this air? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And that that comes down to a lot of uh, it's pent up emotion and it's just, it's improper breathing, which can be fixed really easily. Um, it's just awareness, it's awareness. And then a little bit of practice. And cause I, I can't tell you how many people I've worked with where that's the first thing we do is look at your breathing pattern and, you know, oftentimes, you know, cause I'll say, you know, breathe into your belly and people can't breathe anywhere past their chest. 
And that is just so unhealthy. It's like you said before, you know, with the being in the stress response, you know, if we're in that stress response for too long, it's detrimental to our health. It's so, so unhealthy. It creates disease. And really what's happening is the pH balance in our body is off. So we're, we're not bringing in enough oxygen, but we're also not exhaling enough CO2. So it's, our bodies are in this acidic environment, which is obviously a breeding ground for things like cancer. So to make it more alkaline, we have to bring in more oxygen. And this is a big point. I always like to talk about this with the strong breathing patterns. We think with the strong breathing that we're over oxygenating our body, but we're actually under oxygenating it because we're not, we're blowing out too much CO2. So like our pH is off. It's very alkaline, but the pH is off and we need that balance of pH to have um, homeostasis in our bodies. So what's happening is we're bringing in a lot of oxygen, but the CO2 isn't there. So our oxygen is actually binding to the hemoglobin and not releasing into our cells. So if you are doing strong breathing, doing a breath hold is going to balance that out and then release that oxygen into your cells and, and oxygenate your body more. So that's just always something really important to keep in mind. Um, so if you, if you are doing Wim Hof style, strong breathing to add in breath holds, because then it's going to balance out that pH and actually oxygenate, you know, your body more. Yeah. I think, uh, being able to talk about that oxygen and, uh, gas exchange is huge because I think a lot of people are like, yeah, I am breathing. And if you're breathing like 20 to 30 breaths a minute, that's a very fast breathing rate. And so yeah. I, I forgot what I, where I read it, but I think they said like, no more than like 12 breaths a minute is like the optimal, even less if you're able to slowly control that breath. It's uh, it's really huge. And um, as as we're as you've been listening, we've learned that breathing is more than just oxygen exchange to keep you alive. It's a way for you to tap in and modify your nervous system. You can either use your breathing to get excited. You can also use your breathing to calm and chill out. And that in itself has a huge role in how your body perceives pain. Because if you are constantly stressed, you are going to be more sensitive to your pain and struggles. As compared to you take that chill pill, you relax. The sensations that you'll experience will won't be as sharp because your body is not ready to fight or run away. You have the opportunity to be able to reintegrate and have that self-talk, change your mindset, and also a great opportunity, as Brian said, to be able to investigate some of those deep held traumas and emotional challenges that you've gone through and that you're carrying. So this is, um, Brian, this is all really great. And I, I feel like we can talk about this all day long. We literally have like yeah, months and months and months of content because there's so much out there. Um, but I think that this is a great kind of tipping off point for, for listeners to say, okay, maybe I should start breathing uh, a little bit more. So let's, let's have these listeners leave this episode with say like one simple action step or one simple way that they can implement breathing into their day. So one super simple, I mean, like I said, the box breathing double inhale, it's great. Like, um, that could be done literally at any time of the day and, you know, really in moments of high stress or anxiety to be able to take a moment. And I love the double inhale because you could really get that full, that full inhale and then that nice slow release. And always keep in mind too, that 
you want to exhale double the amount that you're inhaling because that's that's again accessing that parasympathetic state um so just one quick breathing practice outside of like daily life that you could actually implement in like your mornings if you wanted to to have that start of your day of i'm gonna you know breathe for a couple minutes and it's this is the it's full body breathing or yogic breathing this is uh my favorite type of breath so first and foremost you want to make sure that you could breathe into your belly you know if, if you can't breathe into your into your belly then this breath won't work so if you if you try this breath and you feel yourself not getting to go into your lower diaphragm then reach out to ashley reach out to me uh, reach out to anyone that could teach breathing and and you could fix this very very easy, easily so what you do just get nice and calm nice and relaxed um you know don't worry about controlling your breath in any way for about 10 to 15 seconds just breathe and become relaxed and how you sit doesn't matter either you don't have to sit in a lotus yogic posture you could sit in the chair just keep your back nice and straight because if you're hunched over or like slouching your 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 breathing system isn't going to work the way you want it to work so get nice and straight make your breath nice and calm and however that happens just allow it it doesn't have to be anything in particular and once you feel your breath becoming nice and calm nice and rhythmic then you begin and always through the nose it could be in the nose out of the mouth but always always in through the nose so you fill in to the belly, the top of your chest, and release, and just keep going in that motion. It's very, very, very simple. Um, you can also, if you want to get a better idea of a breathing practice, it's called three-step breathing, which allows you to figure out this breathing uh, process. You put your hands on your belly and breathe in for a couple, and then put your hands around your chest, your ribcage area, and expand your chest and then put your hands behind your head and feel that upper thoracic area expanding. So that's your whole breathing system. And you can do this every morning. It has a very good calming effect and also awareness of your, your breathing system. If you're breathing properly and if you're not um, seek out some guidance with this because it's very easily fixable and has life changing benefits on many different, different levels, mental, emotional, and physical. As you're describing that, I was following exactly what you're saying, and I could actually truly feel the effects of even just going through that. And and uh, and I think it's great. So, as you said, like if you're having trouble, search for help. So, Brian, how can people get in touch with you? So, I have, my company is called the Presence Project, and I have my Instagram, which is um, underscore the Presence underscore Project. You could check out my content on there. I post regularly. Um, you could also DM me on there. I have uh, my Facebook business page, The Presence Project. You could find me on there. And my website, www.thepresenceproject.net. And yeah, you could um, also email me, brian at thepresenceproject.net. So yeah, if anybody ever wants to know more about breathing, more about things like visualization and um self-development my program is self-development based on all levels um breathing is just really the foundation um because breathing is you know without good breathing we can't be fully healthy um right like we could eat all the good food 
be mindful of toxins and, and all even the stuff that we're, we're putting into our minds. But if we're not breathing properly, we're never going to be fully healthy. So it's really the foundation and can really kick you off as far as self-development is concerned. I love it. And so with that, uh, if you didn't get Brian's contact information, his information is actually be found in the show notes. So reach out to him. He definitely knows a lot. And Brian, thank you so much for your time, man. Yeah, you got it, man. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope you got some help from today's podcast. And for more info, check us out at ifixyoursciatica.com. Have a fantastic and pain-free day. No patient-therapist relationship is formed by listening to this podcast. We are not providing medical advice, and all information should be confirmed by a medical provider. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.